Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this Chargers podcast. I am your host, Fernando Ramirez, joined as always by my man, the 41 on the field, but number one in your heart, Chargers fullback Lorenzo Neal. Lorenzo, how are we doing? Man, we're doing great, brother. A lot's happened. We've been, you know, a little dormant for a while, but now I'm getting closer to the season and we kind of wanted to give the fans excitement. And so we're back and we're back to stay and uh, excited about the upcoming season. Uh, it's going to be a, a doozy. You look around the league and you're watching all these different teams, the moves that everyone is making. And, you know, you know, the Chargers keep making moves around the leagues, making moves. Guys are on new rosters. I'll tell you, Fernando, the NFL now, man, it's a it's a it's a game that's it's starting to look somewhat like basketball with even though it's not as much. But just with all the free agency and open market, how players move or trade, don't want to be place and just to, it's kind of changing the game. Yeah, I know it really is. It feels like every week there's something new. But, man, I just want to say, Lorenzo, before we get started, I really missed you, man. I mean, I missed the guns. I missed talking to you. And and I know I feel like your 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 shirt size is maybe an L or an XL, but I feel like you wear a medium <laughs> so that your your arms are hugged by the by the T-shirt. I'm just saying. I don't know. I, I, you have to do something to that. And I bet you with dress shirts, you probably do it too. You probably wear a, a, a large or something smaller so that those those arms just tug against that shirt. I, hey, Fernando, let me be real. I do it for you, baby, because I know when you want to see those guns, I'm like, let me go with this. Let me go with the schmedium. So when we're getting ready to do a show, I throw on a schmedium shirt and, you know, I do I oil up. I do some curls like an hour before the show. I do. They say curls for the girls, you know, tries for the guys. I load up on those curls, Fernando, probably pumping about 100 to 200. So that's why when you see those biceps just glistening, I'm like, you know what? Because I know I'm getting ready to go on a podcast with my man, Fernando, and I know it's game time. So I want to look the part. I want to feel the part because when we start rolling, the energy starts flowing and I feel like I'm in the game, brother. So that's why those guns are shining the way they are, baby. Man, that's that, that's what Hulk Hogan talked about, those 20-inch pythons. I think he was talking about Lorenzo Neal, honestly. But uh, but when we talk about the NFL now coming into the season, I mean, uh, uh, something that just ended was the NBA. I mean, it was incredible. NBA Finals, no LeBron, no Steph Curry, no Kevin Durant, no Kawhi Leonard. It was a diff it was a different finals, Lorenzo. I mean, it had a different feel to it. It was Giannis Antetokounmpo and his Milwaukee Bucks against Chris Paul De and Devin Booker's Phoenix Suns. It was a good series, Lorenzo. I don't know what you thought. What are your what are some of your thoughts on the series? You know what? I think when I think NBA lost a lot of money. I know it wasn't their dream final, but I'm going to tell you right now. I think it was great for Giannis to have that stage. And because you look at LeBron, LeBron's getting a little older, getting a little long in the tooth. You know, he's still a great player. You look at Steph, Steph's getting a little So when you think about the legends, Kawhi Leonard, the guys that are in the game of yesterday year, these are the guys that the NBA is still counting a lot on. But now you got Giannis, who's homegrown, who stayed in Milwaukee. People are asking, is he going to stay? Or is he going to leave? But here's a guy that did it his way. Finally got a title. Everyone thought with the Lakers. Everyone thought maybe the, the Clippers with all these star power. But think about who was in the NBA Finals. And I know the NBA didn't like it right away, but I think it was good for the NBA later. I think this is going to pay huge dividends because you had a foregone conclusion that the Suns were going to run away with it. Giannis, they don't know if Giannis is going to play. Talked about that knee look more serious. Than, and then Giannis gets on the stage and comes back and he has a Superman type of performance. 
the guy, what, 42, yeah. what he was able to do. I thought that really, and NBA Finals probably didn't have the ratings, but I'm telling you right now, they, Marky Bucks and Sons, they got some fans now. You know what, Lorenzo? Uh, actually, you mentioned that. Uh, I, I don't know where I saw this, but it was 35% up from last year, the finals rating. So fans were into it. I mean, will Chris Paul finally get that championship that's eluded him his whole career? Or is it Giannis' time to to sit up on the throne and, and kind of take over the NBA? That was really the, the question about right. what was going to happen. And really, I mean, and it's funny because you mentioned LeBron and, and I mentioned LeBron. And LeBron was frustrated because he said... We only got 72 days between us winning the championship in the bubble down in Orlando to the new season starting. And LeBron was notably frustrated because Anthony Davis got hurt twice this season. LeBron got hurt once. Kawhi Leonard got hurt. There was a lot of stars that got hurt. And excuses, I feel excuses, like- <laughs> excuses. Don't say you're I forgot. I'm told when I talk, I'm talking to a Laker fan. And for no, that, no, I cannot be no. you, you know what? I'm in general. You know, no, 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 I'm not letting you go down this road. You know, a lot of people said, Oh, this one got hurt. You know what? Guess what? Suck it up, Buttercup. This is the NBA. <laughs> this is the National Football League. It doesn't matter. It's next man up. You look at what happened to Mahomes, didn't have his offensive line, all those different things. He still played. You look at look There's at a lot the of NBA. excuses made at, though. It's a lot of excuses, but guess what? Who got the ring? And this is a situation where you look at Giannis. No, and I understand. But how much of this do you think that is their perception versus reality? Is LeBron James loved as much as people think? Is the NBA sometimes where they build these superstars, but are they really dealing with the masses? Because now you're talking about it's up 35% than what it was last year. I know with COVID and all this stuff. How much do you think it is because you had a, 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 you had a, a guy in Giannis that, yes, he supports different things, but at the same sense, or you think it's because it was more about basketball or wasn't necessarily about politics. How much of that do you think played in the, played a factor in this NBA, especially in Milwaukee, that's not necessarily a basketball, not, you know, Milwaukee, which doesn't have a, a huge amount of people there, but yeah. the fans are great. But on a national global level, Milwaukee Bucks aren't, isn't a draw. That's what people would say. But how much you think that, it, how much does that just now slap the NBA and just the fans in general to say, look, you had two teams that wasn't in a market that usually pulls them before a big draw, but look at the numbers that they were able to produce without necessarily the mega superstar. Yeah, I know. And Lorenzo, I might lose you. I hope I don't. But Uh-oh. here comes a WWE reference. So we all know John Cena, The Rock, all these top names in wrestling, but people forget the small name wrestlers that a lot of people don't know, they sometimes put on a show that has your jaw dropping to the ground. This is what this was. It was, oh my God, there's no, like I said, like I, I think it was the fact that there was no LeBron, no Steph, no big, I mean, Giannis is a huge name, obviously, but Giannis has been chasing this ring now for a couple Chase of years. It. They were, yes. yeah, they were favored. Uh, in years past, remember against Toronto, they were favored. Kawhi Leonard and, and Toronto did a good job of stopping him. He gets stopped. Last year, he was favored in the bubble. Miami Heat knock him out. Now this year was Giannis finally completing his ascension because a lot of people had questions about him. Remember his free throws? No question. A lot of people no thought question. his free throws weren't good. Then on the other side, you have Devin Booker, who's a young ascending star. You have Chris Paul, who's that old veteran from the banana boat. He and Carmelo are still looking for that ring. And Chris, it seemed like, had been looking for it for a while. He had always came up with an injury. He had always come up with something. And this time, nothing. He made it to the finals. Would they win? So I think that's really what it was, Lorenzo. I feel like 
yes, fans love watching LeBron. They love watching some of these big name guys, Kawhi Leonard and everything. But this was a finals where it was literally two blue collared teams were going right, at right. it against each other. And I feel like that's really what turned fans in. And that's why fans tuned in was because it was two guys that are two teams that you really, uh, you really didn't don't see that much on ESPN. I mean, you do see them and sure. stuff, but they don't have the, they don't have the, uh, the perception that like the Lakers the do, the Clippers do, the, the Mystique, Mystique, there you the go. Orb. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It, it, the New York Knicks, that, the Miami Heat, they don't have that. And they and had that. And, and like you said, Giannis could have gone anywhere. He could have gotten traded. He could have gone anywhere in free agency. He decided, he's like, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to win a championship. And now he's delivered that championship to Milwaukee. What, how much, how much do you think that the ratings had to do with the way that the Phoenix started off going up two games two two nil being up two games and nothing. Do you think that peaked? Do you think everyone's because everyone thought it was over, right? When Phoenix yeah. goes up two nothing, don't you think that this one's over? Giannis may not play and all this stuff. And then, okay, now it's now Phoenix, Giannis, they get one, they get another one. Do you think that just do you think it built? Do you think the ratings built with the way these games? Uh, how much do you think that played in part of it? I think it did, but also Lorenzo. There was no blowouts in this in this in these games. It was all pretty close. I mean, to me, a blowout is over twenty points. I think there was nothing even close to that. I think the closest or the furthest was like eleven points by Phoenix in that game too. So everything was relatively close. They kept you in until the end, towards the end of the game, because it was always like we need a basket, we need this, we need a defensive play. So I really do think that that played a huge factor that these games were so close last year when the heat played the Lakers. I mean, the Lakers, I think blew out the heat twice, uh, right. twice. So, I mean, definitely, I think that played a huge factor. I just feel like, uh, the NBA needed new fresh faces in the finals. Cause think about it. What was that streak that LeBron had been in the finals for the last like 10 years or something like that. So yeah. He, yeah, now, you yeah. got, now you got a break from it. LeBron wasn't, and I mean, LeBron wasn't in it in a couple of years ago when it was right. When he came uh, to the Toronto Lakers, he, and, and, and the, golden right, state and the golden state, but, but yeah, I think he was injured. Yeah, I think fans were over Golden State, and I think fans were over LeBron being in the finals, and this gave you a fresh new uh, place. I, this gave you something fresh to get started. So I, I really do think that fans just bought into it 100%. And then obviously Giannis winning the championship. Now all three Antetokounmpo brothers have rings, uh, Lorenzo. That's awesome. And that's awesome because Giannis needed to get them, especially because yeah. his brothers got one, and they, they didn't really want the mainstay, wasn't big-time players. So you had to be happy for Giannis. Yeah. Tell me this: when you make, when you look at the, when you look at the makeup of the NBA, and you're talking about those particular teams, those two teams that were in this. Now, mm -hmm. tell me if you looked at the football, and you talk about the National Football League. If you look at the Chargers, and you think about a team like Detroit, if Detroit Lions and the Chargers were in the Super Bowl, would this be comparable to what we've seen in the NBA Finals? How about that for parallel? How about yeah. that as a transition? I'll I'll give you this. I think it would be because of the storyline of Anthony Lynn. Chargers, uh, former Chargers head coach, now the offensive coordinator of Detroit. You would get, you would get that. Then you get fired up Dan Campbell against. Uh, I mean, Brandon Staley is kind of not really known as a talker. He doesn't like. He will talk. He'll explain things to you, but he's not a talker like that. Like Dan Campbell is, where he says we're going to be biting off kneecaps and all that. Right, right, um, right. <laughs> The storyline would be Jared Goff against uh, Justin Herbert, defense against defense. I really do think that teams would tune in. Our fans would tune in. I, I think it'd be something new. And then obviously, Lorenzo, neither one of these teams has ever won a championship before. So I think that would excite fans. They get to see two teams 
that have never won a championship. I'll tell you though, like it, it, it really would be something unique to get to watch a, uh, a Super Bowl like that unfold. I just think the storylines are uh, are huge. I don't know what you think. I mean, you played and, and everything. Do you feel like that would have attract? And you've also been in, in on this side of the table with the media for years now. Do you feel like that would attract fans? Uh, you know what? That's that's the thing. I would say no at first, but then once you lay the way you laid that out, I know in the LA area talking about Anthony Lynn, and then you think about him from Denver and all the different things. Actually, a former player, uh, and then you look at Detroit. And you, I mean, you look at the Chargers. You think about okay, new coach. You got you know a coach that's there, and look at golf. So you're gonna have you got a mega place because so, golf I played on the biggest stage. You know, playing in a Super Bowl against the Saints. I mean, but um, against New England. But the biggest thing, like you said, though. He's L.A., so now you have an L.A. guy that's been in L.A., that's played in the Super Bowl. So I do think that you could get a, a you know a drawing, and just for that mystique, but these are two teams, too, that are not necessarily – that draw the, the attention for the National Football League. And I yeah. think that's what you had with Milwaukee and, and, and you know, and, 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 and watching Arizona when you saw the Phoenix Suns. So I think you had two teams with some type of – same type of parallel. So I was interested just to uh, see how the NBA is and, and thinking about the National Football League. What if I gave you this one? The Arizona Cardinals against the Los Angeles Chargers. Ooh, uh, now that now that I, I think for the, the excitement, you have two quarterbacks that are exciting. Two yeah. quarterbacks that golf. May, everyone thinks that golf is just going to be a guy. No yeah. one thinks that golf will go on to be a Hall of Fame type of quarterback. When you're talking about a guy like Justin Herbert, and you're talking about a young guy, when you see Murray, what he you know what he can do. Yeah, uh, Calamari, what he can do for the Arizona Cardinals with his legs and his ability to get out of trouble. I think that you would be set up for a doozy. That would be a great one. Now, those two, give me that one. Scratch Detroit. That's what I want. I'm sorry, Anthony Lynn. Love you. Great coach. Great man. Love you. But let me get let me have Chargers and get me get to Arizona. Who says no? No. And right there, you get J.J. Watt, Joey Bosa, Chandler right. Jones. You get you like the storylines are just are crazy. for. And, you know, what's funny is that. As a fan, before I'd be like, oh, okay, cool. Like before when I was younger and everything, I would just look at the Super Bowl and I always was intrigued by the matchups. That's why now, and the storylines, that's why now I'm intrigued by storylines and matchups and all that stuff. So I'm a nerd when it comes to all that stuff. So that's why as soon as you told me Detroit and Chargers, I laid you down the storylines I would be out there. Nice. And that's what, exactly what I would do with uh, Arizona too. Just because you get all the different matchups, you get everything basically that you're looking for, and you want, you kind of want to sell this like a big fight. Like that's how that's how the Super Bowl is. That's how all these fights are. Like you you want to do a Floyd Money Mayweather where you sell this to fans. You want right. to give fans the best experience. No question. I think you're spot on. And with that being said, so when you're looking at a team like the Chargers. How realistic can that happen, especially with the departure of a guy like Melvin Ingram, a guy that's really good, a guy that the guy that was unbelievable and making plays, a guy that was a leader, a guy that was a statue in the Chargers facility, a guy that had that gravitas, a guy that you knew that was going to have guys in position, but also just that leadership, that presence on the field. Yeah. Do you think the Chargers, what do you do now when you see the Chargers? And you know, Melvin, I mean, yes, he missed some games, but I think the Pittsburgh still is for four, for four million bucks for one year. I think they got a hell of a bargain. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, the thing is, last year was more of an anomaly. I feel like Melvin came in to the season with that hurt knee and I just feel like he couldn't play on it. He tried to play on it numerous times and it just it just uh, 
it didn't help. So, uh, so he got shut down twice last year. So and how much was that him protecting himself too? How much I, was that in your opinion that here's a guy, Melvin, that know that the team's not going to necessarily give him a big contract that he, that he yeah. wanted and what he deserved and knowing that he, so he's like, if I go out here and I get injured, my knee's not a hundred percent. So should I go out here? So how much of that, in your opinion, that played a factor in Melvin's Ingham decision-making? I don't think it would. I don't think it played anything into it because Melvin did try and come back. Melvin's a team first guy. I mean, I've, I've been around him since 2013, 2014. So I know exactly the, the character that uh, Melvin Ingram is. And I know that he gives us hundred percent for this team, no matter what. So uh, I feel like it was more of just, he just couldn't play. Cause I, I, I know that Melvin would have given his all because the team, uh, he had a, um, a clause in his contract last year that was not guaranteed and the team guaranteed it for him and gave him exactly what he wanted so melvin was like hey we're cool I, he sat out a little bit the first few practices because of it but after he just uh after he everything got negotiated with the team and they guaranteed a salary he was like okay cool he came at it at 100 but like you said lorenzo a leader that was actually the last draft pick on this chargers team of aj smith former chargers general manager so definitely um definitely uh one of the last guys from uh from how is that so how is that is that a bittersweet for chargers fans so thinking about one of the last guys and thinking about I mean, this guy who's been in the community how 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 was what tell me i mean of course we're gonna of course the chargers are gonna go on of course the chargers yeah. are still going to play and we get that but you yeah. know we, we wouldn't be doing we wouldn't be paying homage you know, if we didn't stop Fernando for a minute yeah. and pause and for you to go through his career and talk about what was he for that community? What was he for that team? Talk about just the tangibles, the things that he brought. What is the Steelers getting? But first, I just want to talk about what did the Chargers lose as far as the guy in, in which uh, we were talking so highly about? Well, when he first came in uh, and his, after his first season, a lot of people thought he was a bust. Uh, he he didn't play. Um, he wasn't playing up to his potential. It took him a little bit to get used to the NFL. Uh, the Chargers brought in Dwight Freeney, and after you know what's funny, I, or well, not funny, but like Melvin Ingram tears his ACL. I think his second year in OTAs, and the Chargers brought in Dwight Freeney. And I remember I would see Melvin and Dwight talk a lot, and I felt like, oh wow, like this was a good move by the Chargers because you signed Dwight Freeney, Dwight Freeney can help Melvin Ingram out. And it's funny because this is when I knew uh, Melvin Ingram was a beast. He was from another planet. Cause he says that he'll tell you, Lorenzo, you like, he'll be like, I'm not from this planet. And I'm like, where are you from? He's like another planet where it's just, we're just beasts. I'm like, Oh wow. So it was pretty funny to, to hear Melvin say that, but he said that uh, he said that he said that he, he got helped out a lot by Dwight and uh, Melvin was able to come back just six months after tearing his ACL, help the Chargers that made the playoffs. He made an interception against Andy Dalton in that playoff game against Cincinnati. And that's really where his career took off. Joey Bosa comes in. So right as soon as you get Joey Bosa in there, it's Joey, it's the, the Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa show. Both of them were getting after the quarterback. They were sacking the quarterback repeatedly. So right there, you had one of the best duos in the NFL. So that's something which you're going to miss the come the, the camaraderie with Melvin Ingram. Melvin Ingram was always a guy that would always be smiling around the locker room. He'd always be having fun. He'd be playing card games with uh, some of the other players. And and he would tell me, back, hey, Fernando, can you tell this fool he just took an L? And I just started laughing. And I'd be like, oh. I was like, I don't want to. I was like, you're, you're asking me to go up against an offensive lineman. I don't want to. He's like, bro, it's cool. I got your back. Tell him. Tell him. Tell him. So Melvin was honestly a, a great guy. You're going to lose a locker room guy. But 
Um, but the Chargers, I mean, you you basically how can you replace this production? Why well, yeah, like talk Chargers... about that? What about that? What about that transition to so okay? So yeah, that's what I wanted to know about who yeah. he was, and you did a great job of laying that out. So making that transition now. So what do you do if you're a Chargers? Is it by yeah. committee? How do you replace a Melgum Ingram? What is the Chargers doing? When you look at this team and you look at the roster. Is that guy on the team? Is that guy yeah. on the team, in your opinion, that's going to replace or do a comparable job that Melvin was doing? So the way I see it is it's going to be a rotating, like you said, uh, by committee. They're going to rotate. They have Kyle uh, Kyle Frackle. They have uh, Fackrell. They have Chris Rump, who's a rookie. Kyle Fackrell's been in the NFL for a couple of years. Uh, two years ago, I think, with the Green Bay Packers, he had over 10 sacks. Um, so he he's a guy that um, he's kind of – he went to New York after. He played very well on special teams. He actually had a fumble return for a touchdown last year. So he's done some good work. He's a guy that I know will be in the in there. Uchenna Nwosu is a guy that the Chargers drafted a couple of years ago, and, and this is a, a contract year for him, but also – he hasn't really put it together and and maybe this could be the year where he puts it together he said he's been watching a lot of leonard floyd uh film leonard floyd is a defensive end or outside line or an edge rusher for uh the la rams who really blew up last year before he was known as a bust because he was a top 10 draft pick by chicago Brandon Saley got to work with him last year, and last year he had a, a 10 sack season, and they gifted him a new four year, $55 million contract. So Chen has been watching film. He said he's been studying to kind of see how Brandon Saley's defense is going to be. And they have rookie Chris Rumpf, who's very, you know what? That's that's who I believe is looks the most like Leonard Floyd. He's just a little bit smaller in uh, weight, but I feel like if he gained a little bit of weight, he's speed, he's athleticism. He can really get by uh, offensive linemen, so I think it's going to be by committee. They're going to they're going to uh, bring guys in and, and kind of max. Uh, they're going to kind of mix and match these guys. And Brandon Saley is going to use these guys to their strengths. So I feel like Brandon is going to have a good hand in it, and I feel like he'll do some good uh, some good work with this team. But I definitely feel like Melvin Ingram will be missed on the field. But I feel like the Chargers will be able to pick it up with some of the other players that they have in their locker room. And, and when you so so yes, I, I like the way you talked about the different guys that could step up in contract year, so they need to step up, so they have to step up. If not, they'll find themselves on the street. I get that. I understand yeah. this is the way the nature of the game. So when you're looking at this team and getting ready to head into training camp, I think what guys with rookies report next week, right? Yep. And you're looking at what's going on, and you look at the state of the National Football League. You know, you're, you're talking about we talked about this team had to address special teams. They did that. You know, we told this team's going to have to get deeper depth, and they did that. So when you look at this Charger team in training camp, when you're looking at training camp, what are some of the things that, you know, you want the fans and the listeners out there that's going to be tuning into our show and, you know, if we're going to come down and you're not going to be able to eye to eye together and talk about, you know, this Charger team. What are some of the things that we should be looking at? What are some of the things that the fans, who are some of those guys that you, that, that, that you want to see? Or is this team going to be better? What have you had a couple receivers? Is it a couple, is it a couple O-line? Is it the D-line? Where's a couple guys individuals are just uh, just a unit that you want to see are, are they ready as you know do you had some question marks we both agreed special teams got to be a lot better yeah. but where's some of the units or some of those players that you think that can help this team get to that nine or ten wins to possibly sleep into a playoffs my biggest concern right now is the secondary um i am looking and not the safety position i'm looking more at the cornerbacks uh I see you have Michael Davis and he's improved and he got a new contract and everything he's improved, but I want to see how he's going to play now. 
Uh, they have Chris Harris Jr., who's uh, who's a veteran in this league. He's he, at one point he was one of the best cornerbacks in the league. But can he still play? Can he still ball out? Last year, what I saw that towards the end of the season was he can still play. He still has that skill set. But it's just another year. How is he going to fit in this system? And then Asante Samuel Jr. I remember his dad was incredible. Lorenzo, you probably played against his dad yes, yes. Uh, for numerous years. And I mean, he looks exactly like him. But can you trust a rookie cornerback to go up against Tyreek Hill, to go up against um, who else? Are they? Henry Ruggs. You're going right. to have to go up against Cortland Sutton from the uh, Broncos. You're going to have a lot of really good receivers to go up against. And can you trust him? to be able to not lock these guys down, but at least be able to do a very good job on them, which in my opinion, from his rookie film or from his film from college, I feel like he can do all that, but now it's going to be, can he, how he's going to do in, um, how he's going to do as a pro. And then obviously uh, my other position is that right guard position. Ode Abuji is a guy that was brought in from Detroit. He had a very good last eight games of the season, but can he sustain that with the chargers? And it's going to be him against uh, their fifth-round draft pick, uh, Braden Hamas. Uh, he was brought in, drafted from Nebraska, blue-collar guy, guy that really works his tail off. And I'm not saying that uh, O'Day doesn't, but he's one of those guys that he's just rough. He's rugged. I compared him to the mountain uh, from uh, Game of Thrones. I just feel like yeah, he's wow. exactly he's wow. exactly he looks exactly like that guy. Um, so I definitely uh, I definitely am interested to see um, how those two how the the right guard position goes during training camp but then also how the secondary shapes up but do you have any any concerns any or uh, what what are you looking forward to yeah you know what that's with me i was just looking and i was just kind of seeing where you're at you know you cover this team and you're there <clears throat> on a daily basis and just kind of seeing if you had a feel because i know you got to meet the you know met the head coach when he yeah. came out and some of the different things that he was talking about so i just kind of wanted to go into this season and I know next week and stuff, you and I will get together and want to start doing some more research and try to assess the teams, start to assess some players and try to see what's going, who's going to be a bright spot. Is there going to be a rookie that's going to pop? Is there going to be a special team guy that can be, you know, a, a, you know, a, a field position that's going to change field position for this team. That's going to be a, not a chain mover, but a game changer. You know, a guy like a Tyreek that can on a punt return that can, has the ability to take it to the house. Every time he touched the ball that, you know, you're holding your breath. Did the Chargers do enough on that? Because you know in this game, Fernando, field position is everything. Being able to play field position and play special teams, that's huge. Uh, that that changes the clock. That changes what you do, what you can and cannot do. Um, so I think that that is going to be a main thing to see the emphasis. You know, I know you'll be out there, and I won't be out there as much as you. So I wanted the emphasis. I want to see what, how much type of emphasis that is put on the special teams for field position, clock management, all those things. So definitely looking for that. And then, you know what, in the National Football League, when it comes down to it, I want to see how tough you are in the trenches. And that's for that for me, Those that's the thing. What are you going to do on offense? What type of team? How physical, whether you're in the pass game or the run game, how physical are you going to be? And that's what I want to see. And then on defense, another side of the ball, it's like, how physical can you be in the trenches? Can you impose your will? Can you create a new line of scrimmage on defense? And can you create a new line of scrimmage on offense? So with me, I'm not necessarily, I know those skill positions are important, but free, it starts up front and it starts in the trenches. Yeah, I know. And that's how you win Super Bowls. I mean, you saw last year, Tampa Bay really hit their stride uh, after their bye week with their offensive line, with their defensive line. So I, I really was interested to see the way they kind of put it together. Uh, that's been my concern also with the charge. I wrote a story about their defensive tackles 
um, a couple of weeks ago, or a couple of days ago. And I put that the Chargers need to be good. Their defensive tackles need to be on it because they're going to be the guys that are relied on. Like that's where they open up holes, the opposing uh, offensive line to get the running backs through. So those guys need to impose their will. They're going to need to be a lot better this year than they were last year. Uh, offensive line, I think it'll be a lot better, especially with Rashawn Slater drafted. Some of these players that have been drafted I, in an article that I wrote also, I said that the Chargers should go after Mitchell Schwartz. He's the right tackle, former right tackle for the for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, he was he was a, a, a big part of their Super Bowl uh, run a couple of years ago when they beat San Francisco. He had not allowed a sack, I think, that whole year. Last year, he had a back problem, but they said that he's ready to go. He's a free agent right now. I said the Chargers should bring him in just in case of Brian Bulaga, who has had a lot of uh, injury issues last season. I feel like the Chargers should bring in Mitchell Schwartz to be their right tackle just in case. I mean, it doesn't hurt to have experience on that offensive line to have another guy who you can plug in just in case and he can help out. But when you when you ask me about special teams, that's my area of concern when it comes to kickoff and punt returns because the Chargers were not good at either. Well, they were okay at kickoff returns. Like they had some guys that could make some noise on Nazir Adderley, their free safety. I'm pretty sure they're not going to throw him back there this year because last year they, I think they put him in there for against uh, New England and he had like a 98 yard return. He didn't score. He got knocked out at the, the three yard line, but he, he's a guy that they really need to, um, or was, I don't remember if it was against New England or not, but he had a big return. Um, so I, I really am going to be interested to see if the chargers have found a kick returner and a punt returner. I know last year they used KJ Hill and Joe Reed, but I mean, have those two guys improved? Have they done a lot better? Well, that's going to be something we're going to need to take a look at next week when, uh, when the chargers get started. Cause I know special teams so far, Lorenzo during OTAs and, um, mandatory mini camp, that was a huge, the chargers had practiced that three every, so we went about six or seven days. Every single one of those days, they practiced special teams while we were out there twice at the time that we were there. So well, you can tell these guys know that right. special teams is going to be a huge part uh, this upcoming season. Yeah, it, it, it is. And so, man, I'm, I'm just excited, man, excited about the upcoming season, excited about, you know, you know, you and I really having a great time, you know, discussing the Chargers in the upcoming season, and especially, you know, next week we'll be, you know, the rookies will be in, so we'll get to able to kind of be more in depth and talk about a little bit more so the listeners will be able to, you know, really get a feel for what we're going, where we're going and where this team is going. So excited about it, Fernando. It's always great to talk to you, man. You're the man. You're the myth, the legend. Uh, let's do it again soon. Yeah, no, definitely, Lorenzo. I, you know, it's always fun to uh, to get together and, and just to talk and relax and everything. Hopefully, like you said, in the next coming uh, days or weeks, we can do it in person. And and finally, I can uh, you I, I can give you a bear hug or whatever because I haven't. I would love I, that. <laughs> I haven't gotten to see you since uh, since 2016 when we talked at. I think it was the last season the Chargers were in San Diego and it was we were at Qualcomm Stadium and it was Fan Fest and I remember I was just talking to you for a little bit and. Uh, and it was a great time. So I haven't seen you since 2016. So hopefully uh, we we get together and we're able to uh, have some fun. We will. We'll have definitely have some fun in training camp. We'll grab some lunch and do some things together, brother. So looking forward to it. Can't wait to the next show next week, brother. Be blessed. Let's talk again soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.